0: You're listening to Car-Free Midwest.
1: We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around without a car.
0: Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency.
1: I'm Sarah Johnson.
0: And I'm Joshua Lebure and,
1: and this, this is, is Car-Free car Free
0: Midwest. Midwest. West. Mid. South. So, I was born at a very young age.
1: <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I just, I'm going to have a zillion questions for you. This is going to be fun. But let's just jump into it. Okay. Uh, today, we are here chatting with Benny Foltz of, I want to say Heartland Bike Share, because that's still what the website says. But I did notice in emailing to set up this conversation that. Uh, something about Rome is now in your email signature, and so I don't know how this introduction is going to go, and I can't wait to hear all about it. But uh, Benny, tell us who you are and what the heck you're up to.
0: Sure. So I'm Benny Fultz. I am the executive director of Rome Share, um, and that is the 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization that operates three different bike share programs across Nebraska and Southwest Iowa. Um, the three programs are the one in Lincoln is called bike link or bike LNK. Um, we have, a another bike share program in Valentine, Nebraska, which is called Valentine bike share. Um, and is also North America's most rural bike share station. If you haven't been out there, check it out. It is beautiful. Um, and then the third program is the one that we'll probably talk most about today is heartland bike share which is the omaha metros bike share program which consists of we're up to over 80 bike share stations and as you'll learn here shortly 400 e-bikes and um, we have an expansion plan and we're covering as far as um, into council bluffs iowa all the way to mahoney state park and everything in the middle it's about 125 square miles that we cover now um, which includes, of course, Omaha and then Bellevue and Papillion, um, soon to be La Vista and Ralston. Um, so it's uh, it's an exciting time for us.
1: Well, it's, so, so Rome is the overarching organization that houses Heartland, Valentine, and BikeLink.
0: Yeah, so I, I, on January 1st, we, we changed our parent name from Heartland Bike Share to Rome. Rome Share is the legal name. We often just call it Rome, um, <clears throat> and the reason we did that was the Omaha Metro Bike Share program was called Heartland B Cycle, and I wanted to drop the B Cycle name because that's a uh, that's our vendor's name, and nobody knows what a B Cycle is. They just think I misspelled bicycle most of the time, and so I wanted to drop that and generalize it as best I could. Most people already knew of Heartland Bike Share, so I thought it would work. Um, somewhat easy for branding purposes, as well as the public to keep, you know, the Heartland word and just call it Heartland Bike Share. Um, So in doing that, you know, we created a new logo, which is that purple logo, and we're rebranding all of our stations as we speak, actually, we just started. Um, So you'll start to see all of the stations, they were red and blue, Uh, With decals, and now they'll be purple and white and silver decals. And um, all of the bikes will eventually be purple as well. Um, And so, when we changed the Omaha Metro program from Heartland B Cycle to Heartland Bike Share, I had then had to get a new parent name. So, uh, we landed on Rome after multiple meetings and discussions. We tried to make it an acronym, we never really landed on um, an official one, so we kind of just keep it open. The most recent is revitalizing options around mobility, um, but th- there's some
1: flex. I think that's the one I saw, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, all right, that sounds good." And I that to me that made me thinking like revitalizing option, like all these things sound very good. <laughs> How is it going to change the person's? that's riding these bikes. Like how is, is the experience going to change at all? Is it mostly just branding and reorganization and like kind of administrative stuff? Is there a bigger vision for this? So many questions. Also B-Cycle is specifically associated with Trek, right? And Trek is no longer part of it or oh no, the story on that? They
0: are. Yeah. So B-Cycle is a subsidiary mm-hmm. of Trek. Um, it's their bike yeah. share branch essentially. Um, and, and we'll still, B-Cycle is my vendor for all three bike share programs. Um, they make an amazing e-bike and, um, we'll continue to use them. Um, but it's their name and, and nobody else really knows that. So in the beginning, all of their bike share programs actually had B-Cycle in the name. So it's Denver B-Cycle, Austin B-Cycle, right? We used to actually be called Omaha B-Cycle in 2011 when it first started. Um, and then we incorporated as a nonprofit in 2016 and that's when we became Heartland Bike um, so I just think it's a natural transition to move the Heartland bike share name to the Omaha program. And then yeah, Rome, the 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 words are nice buzzwords, right? Um I was I was very mindful. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna keep it to just bicycle though, um, because I don't know what's coming down the road, right? You know, five years ago we had no idea how great e bikes were gonna be within bike share. Um and and scooters of course have been deployed all over the country um successfully in some cities not so in others but who knows what else the next mode of of public transportation will be and i don't i didn't want to limit us um to that so yeah and um cool thanks and um because um there will be eventually be you know things flying around that we're going to share right but I don't know how soon that'll get here.
1: You, future Benny, <laughs> way in the future times. Wow. That just like, I don't know why that just like blew my brain up. Like, oh my God, what if we're going to be, yeah, are we going to be checking out little Skymobiles from Rome in 10 years? I don't know. Wow. We, we, that's, that's, that's all very exciting.
0: <laughs> that is coming, definitely. But, you know, revitalizing options around mobility, um, the immediate change that we're seeing. Um, is definitely the uh, the advantages and, and all of the great things that come with the e-bike, right? When, Bike Share has evolved um, dramatically in five years and primarily because of the e-bike, um, as well as like station placement and some other things that we'll talk about, like with our equity program. But the e-bike is the primary driver in all of this. Um, and it, it was a tough sell at first, but people people get it now like once once they get on the e-bike and experience how easy it is and once the mindset sh- mindset shifts from um a bike ride just being this fun recreational thing which it is and you do get exercise we don't want to you know eliminate that but um it is about transporting someone it is about getting someone from point a to point b and that's what most of our bike share trips are now we did over 65 or around 65,000 trips in 2022 and I w- around 70% at least were for transportation. That is a huge difference. And that's, a, that's us moving people all over, all over the city, replacing car trips at times, um, helping people who don't have a car or would have had to walk. Um, and and that's, that is the revitalizing option part that I'm immediately focused on. Um, and with that, we're, we're really excited to announce that we're relaunching in April along with our new name and the new logo as a all e-bike bike share program. And we are one of the first in the country yeah. to do this.
1: Yeah, love so, it. So I mean obviously I'm a big evangelist <laughs> when it comes to e-bikes, which and I think actually the reason that like clicked, oh my gosh, talk to Benny, is I saw something about that in I don't know, some other media about how it's electric is the way. Um I would love to just kind of hear how you have witnessed the sea change, I imagine, that is, yeah, electric bicycles and what I mean. Obviously, you're so you're saying you're ditching everything that's not electric moving forward as of April for
0: for the Heartland Bike Share program. So, um, okay, yeah, yeah, my, my the Lincoln program has, still has a, a hybrid. They have about a hundred classic bikes and twenty five e bikes that will remain. But for the Omaha Metro Heartland Bike Share program, we're retiring all of the classic bikes. We have about two hundred of them out in the wild still. In April, we're bringing them all in. We've already started, and we're going to deploy a hundred new e-bikes, which will put us at four hundred total electric bikes throughout the system. Um, and right now, that'll be enough to provide uh, um, bike share for our program. Um, and what's you know, we started. We first got e-bikes in twenty nineteen. We got some demo bikes. We were just taking them around, showing people. It was it was
1: tough. I remember. <laughs> Was that, I feel like it was maybe back when like Ben was with B-Cycle, but there was like a, an event at the Benson library and I was like, yes, e-bikes. And we came over and it was just like, so fun watching people get on them and see the power. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yep. That we had, those were the demo bikes at the time. That was when we were, that was 2018, 2019. We were expanding. We added about 36 new stations. Um, we didn't have e-bikes at the time. They were so new, but we just had some to show how they worked to folks, um, but even then it was people were thinking like oh that's just lazy but it's and it's easy to think that um but that's not what it's about again you know it's about transporting people um to where they need to get
1: Exactly the right tool for the job like that's I get real like bristly when people either because you know I I ride an electric bike for health stuff and people either tell me I'm cheating or being lazy or whatever and it's like, okay, first of all, I did not realize that I had entered a race. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Fun fact. Also, guess what? You're driving everywhere in this ginormous, like several ton death machine, and you think that I'm being anyway, whatever. Continue.
0: Exactly. Um and so we started with about 20 e-bikes. Um and then, you know, we saw this uh, the immediate success You know, uh, you mentioned Ben Turner and, you know, he was very instrumental in this. And we started just trying to share e-bikes as much as possible with everyone. Um, And it it was kind of challenging at first because we had no data to support. Um, Bike shares across the country were slowly starting to do this, but nobody had fully implemented it yet. Um, And so we had those 20 and we saw those 20. Well, we added about maybe 10 or 20 more. So about 40 of them in 2019 did about 50% of our trips, right? And amongst these other hundred classic bikes that just weren't being used. Wow. You know, and it, amazing. Fast forward to 2022, we had about 50% of the fleet was e-bikes and they did 95% of all the trips. So only about 4,000 of the 65,000 trips were on classic bikes. Even though there was half of the fleet. Yeah.
1: So they just... That's bonkers. They just sit there. But also not surprising because, heck yes, like obviously that would be the right tool for the job, but not to, you know, bag on the classics, but like that type of bike for Omaha's topography, not so good. I think... Previously, we've interviewed, you know, people who definitely rely on B-Cycle. And I think the only time I've heard someone saying they ride a classic is from one station that's out of e-bikes to another station so they can swap it for an e-bike.
0: That is exactly what happens. Or they just were unaware that there were different kinds of bikes and they happened to grab a classic bike. And, you know, I've never charged more for an e-bike either uh, because that creates another equity issue, right? So we've always had the same price point. Um. Just sometimes people didn't know there were e-bikes there, and so they happened to grab a classic bike. But that will no longer be the thing. Um, You know, the classic bikes did not move so much. You know, they just remained where they were at in the stations that, you know, our team would just call them dock blockers because they're blocking the dock that they're in. And nobody was going to ride it. And so even if we had a dock that was broken, we would just put a classic bike in there because we figured nobody was going to
1: check it out. Because you knew it would go nowhere. Oh, my God. What a funny way to say this one's broken. And
0: (laughs) and I will add that if you truly don't want the pedal assist on the e-bike, you just don't turn it on. And it functions just like a classic bike. So really, these e-bikes are classic bikes, but with the option to turn it on. Um, And just so...
1: yeah. And then that much heavier, right? They're only about four Does pounds more weight.
0: heavier. Um,
1: oh, really? Yeah, that's right, because those old ones are tanks anyway. Yeah. So I suppose. Okay, cool. That's good to know. <laughs>
0: and, and they are Class 1 electric pedal assist bikes. Um, and as you know, a Class 1 can provide an assist only when you pedal up to 20 miles per hour. Ours actually stop at 17 miles per hour just for a little added safety barrier there. Um, but um, yeah, so we'll, come April, it'll just be all electric bikes.
1: Wow. That's so exciting. Way to be pioneers. You're saying no other bike share program across the country has done that? No, no. We're,
0: we're one of the first to relaunch.
1: One of the first. Most,
0: if there's as a, fully electric. Okay. yeah, if there's a bike share program that's being implemented now, like as a brand new one, m- most of them have the foresight to see like e-bikes, you know, they get in yeah. on it right away. Right away. But yeah. to relaunch is kind of a challenge because you, you know, we have to, Figure out if it's worth it to retire the bikes and what the longevity is of the, that classic bike. But most of them are at the end of their cycle, so we've already started to retire them.
1: Nice. And Perfect timing. Yeah,
0: sense. And most people want to know what we're doing with all of them because we have hundreds of them. And um, sure, we are overhauling and maintaining a handful of them to keep around, of course. Um, but the wheel yeah. set and the pedals and the saddles and the hubs, we're, we're reusing all that for the e-bikes because they're, they're the same. Um, parts. Um, and uh, then we nice. actually will save some of the frames for some art projects and then we scrap the rest of them. Um, it, it, we would love to donate them for personal use, but these bike share bikes are not designed for personal use. And I definitely feel strongly that somebody deserves a better bike for their personal use than a classic bike share bike.
1: Totally. I agree. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Do you feel like you'll be able to recycle any of them into your other, like either Valentine or Lincoln that are still using the the basic one? Or that's doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's just the first thought. It's like, oh, they'll just go to another part of the program, but maybe not.
0: Our Lincoln program uses a different version of the B-cycled bike. So we'll keep, we'll keep those there. Um, our, and our um, Valentine one has a different color, which we have um, backups of already. Um, And almost all, like we stopped buying classic bikes in 2018 because we saw the advantages of the e-bike. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and uh, totally.
0: The life expectancy is around 10 years on the classic bike share bike. So most of them are approaching that anyways.
1: Perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I am really excited to talk with you about... Um, your equity program. Yes. And I know you kind of mentioned that earlier. I don't know if you want to just jump right into what that is and how that's improved your operations and just uh, all of the things, but that's definitely something I'm excited to hear about.
0: Yeah. And and um, we have a variety of programs at this point on how on, on our equity program. The first one I'll mention is our library pass program. So you can go to the Omaha public library, Bellevue um public library papillion public library the council bluffs public library right now and if you have a library card to those libraries you can actually check out a bike share pass and ride for free Um, each one has a little bit of a different nuance um, as they're you know different um, different cities that they're in Uh, the omaha public library is all digital for the first time so if you go to the omaha public library website um, and look at their library partner pass webpage. you can see how to reserve a promo code and then you use the promo code on the app and you check out a bike for free you do have to create an account in our system um, but you still get a ride for free and you get a day pass um, we were one of the first in the country to start this library pass program and now most bikes your programs across the country are doing the same thing which is great um The the second one and maybe our larger one is just what we call community partner pass. So we partner with over twenty different, most of them are nonprofits. And uh, if if somebody can't afford a bike share membership from us, and they work with those partners, uh, they can get a free one. Um, And more information can be found on our website about this. Uh, But it's been it's been great to see the success of this. We provided over two hundred annual bike share memberships last year, um, alone, and they rode over 5,000 trips in our system. So it's pretty, pretty great to see. And then, you know, part of the strategy when, when, um, uh, installing and where to install bike share stations, you know, we're very focused on underserved communities and areas that, um, uh, have don't have bike share to begin with and so like north and south 24th street's a huge part of our expansion plan we'll be putting a station as far north as miller park this year which is pretty exciting um and uh um as far south and right now we're at the metropolitan community college well both north and south the fort campus and then the um the south campus um and we look forward to installing more even further south.
1: That's awesome. That'll go nice with the new uh, BRT plans that are happening along north and south on 24th. Yeah, it's about time that that, that little stretch of uh, road gets some attention. So it's cool that it's coming from all angles. Um, I'm wondering from your perspective, since you... because. First of all, I guess, would you explain kind of what your relationship is with the city of Omaha? I feel like at one point it was more of a standalone org, but then you did some sort of partnership with the city so that they could help you purchase more e-bikes or something like that? Is that <clears throat> my misunderstanding? Yeah.
0: Actually, yeah. So I have a I have a three-year ordinance or agreement with the city of Omaha, um, and we partner directly with the Park Omaha and Mobility Division. Um, they've been phenomenal to work with and have really helped us significantly in the success of our program um we we do purchase almost all of our bike share equipment now through the city um uh, and so that that has helped on on purchasing and then they have helped us with um snow removal on our stations which is you know we have 80 stations so every time it snows we're we're open year-round 365 24 7 right and we have riders that are riding no matter every day of the year. We do over a thousand trips at a minimum every month. And so we need to remove the snow and um, to get to all 80 stations, it was a challenge. So now that we can't, we work with the city and they contract on about half of the stations to remove the snow. Um, and the city of Omaha also bought us um, a vehicle. I don't know if you've seen the big blue Ford Transit driving around. Um, it's I a don't van. Know what I
1: have, okay. It's phenomenal.
0: <laughs> it we use it almost every day, and um, you know you can stand up inside of it, and uh, make it, we can haul all sorts of bikes and batteries in it. Um, and we got our logo and Park Omaha's logo on the side of that as well. So um, nice. You know things like that have been instrumental in in getting to where we're at today. Um, so I'm very grateful for that relationship. Um, and then of course yeah. you know anytime I want to put a station down, I gotta get a ride away lease and um, acknowledgement form signed, And I work with the city on, on doing that. And so now I have a direct relationship with them on when I do installs.
1: Nice. That sounds sounds good. Um, I remember being excited when like the city of Omaha and B-Cycle were teaming up. It's like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be positive. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but from time to time, we are a little bit critical of how the city of Omaha operates when it comes to not forcing everyone to drive a car. Along those lines, uh, what type of infrastructure projects are you excited about that the city of Omaha is spearheading that will actually help all of your stations really be useful? Because I don't have to tell you that it's a lot easier for folks to feel safe and happy to ride around when there is, you know, safe, protected infrastructure for them to use.
0: First, I'm going to start uh, back up just a little bit with our my partnership with, with Metro Transit um, and particularly the Orbit. Um, so, we, we're finishing installing 13 bike share stations um, at orbit stops or near orbit stops. Um, so, I know that's not the city of Omaha, but that is another uh, partnership and that's helping people. Helps with the first last mile, of course, but it's helping people in the Omaha Metro with different modes of transportation, right? Um, and you'll see we'll be installing one at 29th and California this Friday. Then we'll put a station back at Tenth and Douglas, uh, right, right there. It's Jean Leahy Mall, that beautiful park, um, and then we'll finish the rest of the orbit stops in April and May. Um, so there's that mode of transportation. Then yes, there's the streetcar, um, which I'm, I'm partnering with them on making sure where those streetcar stops are that there will be bike share stations at or near those stops as well to help facilitate again the first last mile but even beyond that even if you're going cuz we know that you can go more than a mile on these e-bikes right easily in fact our our average trip um is, is around 4.3 miles for 2022 so that's that's some distance you know
1: um significant that's that's good to know That's a fun fun stat
0: yeah but to be clear on that you know that's over 65,000 trips we installed two new stations in Papillion um And so that added to the two existing stations in Papillion, as well as a a station in Bellevue. And so those are spaced out, but they're connected. All of five of those are connected by a safe route, right? Either a trail or a bikeway. And so we see long distances on those bike share trips. But those four stations in Papillion and that one in Bellevue and then the one in Chaco, those are all my Sarpy County ones. Those are all in my top 20. In fact, Chaco is sometimes number two, number three, and the four in Papillion are all in the top 12 now.
1: Wow. Just so, like that. And I'm, is that, so you said Chaco's number one, that's recreation, right? Uh, two, two or three.
0: Bob the, Carey Pedestrian Bridge okay, okay. is okay. always, has always been number one. Number one. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay, cool. Interesting. Okay. Continue.
0: Um. So that quick note on the Papillion stations, but that also shows you what infrastructure can do, Right. And by adding more bike yes. share stations with that infrastructure in place, how utilized they are. Most of those stations are recreational trips, though, um, or exercise-focused. Uh, but um, it's it's And really- not to interrupt,
1: but real quick... How, how do you measure or like, how do you de- determine? Cause you don't have GPS trackers on the bikes. Cause sometimes I help you with GPS. I see one, go, go pick it up, Benny. I'll text you. But like, how do you, how do you determine, like, I guess, is it the length of the ride? Is it from where they check it in and where they check it out? How do you determine that? Cause that's, that does seem like a, a helpful differentiation.
0: Yeah. So, well, we, we do have GPS on every e-bike, um, which has been amazing. um, uh, it has helped locate a lot of lost, stolen bikes, which was an issue in the beginning. Um, but then we, uh, deduct re- a recreation trip versus a-, a commute trip, uh, two ways, one through user surveys, which is probably the more accurate if we can get enough of them anyways. And then two, we have different types of memberships. And so there's the day passes and then the monthly and annual passes and very like, um, you know, this definitely isn't as accurate as as we would like. But if it's a day pass, we oftentimes just associate that with a recreational trip, even though it can easily be a commute trip. We just don't know without asking the rider, which is gotcha. you know, next to impossible to ask for every trip. Um, But so back to the original question, so the streetcar um and then, of course, uh, the market to Midtown Bikeway, right, which is still in place, which... um you know, if the streetcar um, goes along that route, ra- the suggested route, the proposed route, and then we're hopefully the bikeway will be installed on the other side of the street or somewhere else nearby. Um, you know, with the existing bikeway right now, um, I have five bike share stations on the bikeway. And you can clearly see from the data that people ride the bikeway and use those bike share stations. Um, So if if the bikeway for some reason is relocated or a new bikeway is put anywhere across the Omaha Metro, I'll be definitely looking to put a bike share station along it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that a lot of the community conversation has like kind of been so focused on. Harney Street, Harney Street, Harney Street. It's like, you know what? It's silly that we are all in on one damn lane because the reality is one lane isn't the right answer. Like we should not be all in on one lane. We all, all need to be. And I mean, you know those of us who have been talking about this stuff for a while understand and more and more people do, but it's about a network. Like people that design roads for cars would never build one road and be like, there you go. Hope you like driving on that road there that connects to literally nothing else. Um, And so for that to be the way that unfortunately it seems a lot of times when it's uh, bike walk type stuff, it it can be frustrating. But I'm glad that at least it does exist. I'm glad that you are seeing good ridership numbers on that route. Do you think if the route changes, you will remove all of the Harney Street stations because they were installed due to the proximity to that protected lane? Or what do you think the plan will be there? And have you have well, conversations that would lead you to believe that.
0: So, we the five that are on there, one of them's at Dewey Park, and it makes sense to have bike share does so well in in or adjacent to parks. So, we'll for sure leave that one there. Then we have another one at 24th Ave in, in Harney and there's there's no other station around that, so we'd leave that one. And the next one's across the street from the Orpheum Theater. Right. And so we would leave that one. And then another one's at twelfth and hardy. We'd leave that one. And the last one's at 10th and Hardy. You know, so I would I would expect that They're they would stay in. They, they would probably stay at this point. Cool. Um, especially if the bike wave just moves one or two blocks either way. Um, maybe we'll relocate it like one or two blocks to it. That's actually what we did with the tenth and hardy. That station was at 10th and Farnham. So I just bumped it over a block to make it easier for folks to access it. Um, so we'll see, but you know, um, from those user surveys, the number one reason why people are not riding bikes, according to our bike share, um, surveys is, uh, they don't feel safe on the roads. Right. And so it's, it, it's just another, another reason, justification about the benefits of of infrastructure, um, It'll be challenging to see an increase in bike riders uh, without an increase in infrastructure
1: safety. Right, hundred percent. And do you feel like I mean, are those conversations that you're having with folks within the city, or is it is that not really been? I, I certainly much of the focus.
0: Sh- I certainly share that. Um, you know, I Heartland Bike Share is is not an advocacy organization. Uh, Unfortunately, at times, unfortunately. But so what I do more
1: it's is probably easier at times. <laughs>
0: so, you know, what, what a focus is, you know, if if the streetcar is going in, then I'm going to position bike share to the, the best that it can be to serve the Omaha Metro
1: such a diplomat no that's awesome that's uh, i'm i'm just always grateful for your perspective because i feel like you've obviously been doing this for a long time you kind of understand the the scenario of how things do and don't happen in omaha and you still remain positive and smiling and making things happen. Uh, so thank you for, for really what all you do. Um, We're trying to be respectful of your time, so we won't keep you for too much longer. But I do have one other question. And obviously, Josh, as always, whenever you have an idea, hop in too. But I'm really impressed with the fact that Heartland Psych, or Bike or uh is 24-7 year round. Like, is that kind of an anomaly? I feel like a lot of communities pull them in the winter. But y'all hey. understand that people rely on your services, which I just want to high five you for.
0: Thank you. Um we at one period, short period, we tried shutting down from like midnight to four AM, I think it was. And that was more because of theft and uh um people were yeah, not returning the bikes and they happened to always be checking out the bikes during that time. But that, that created more problems than than we wanted when the stations were supposed to come back on. That was the only time we've tried not, to not be 24 7 365 there are a handful of uh, bike share programs that are north of us um, in the country that do shut down in the winter time Um, it's a lot of work to shut down just as it is a lot of work to stay open and i definitely support staying open because i know people are riding so at this point like i support staying yeah you know final thoughts i you know in the beginning, like I'll go back to this e-bike thing because I can talk about it all day long and I will, I love to. Um, But I have learned that I, I, I can't do it justice until I get you on the e-bike. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sell it to my funders until I got them on the e-bike and they, they actually, uh, then they could understand for some reason I can't explain it good enough. So I welcome you, anyone listening like, if you haven't tried a bike share e-bike, to go try one uh and if if you want me to come meet you i'm happy to do that i I love demoing these e-bikes and explaining how to check a bike out and downloading the app and going through the whole thing um you can reach me through the website as well um because you know it's until you try it it's it's really hard to fully understand the benefits of it And, and they are a lot of fun and that is it for this episode of Car Free Midwest.
1: We're here almost every other week with interviews, topics, and documentary pieces covering all things transportation.
0: You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Car Free Midwest, or visit us at carfreemidwest.com.
1: So subscribe now to Car Free Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash midwest. This podcast has been produced by me, Joshua LeBure, With support from ModeShift Omaha. ModeShiftOmaha.org And this is our sign-off. Good day. It is kind of a good day.